Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings, the number one show about growing your family's wealth with apartment building investments. Now, here's your host, Mark Allen Kenny. Hey, everybody, it's Mark Allen Kenny. I'm doing something a little bit different today on the show. I don't have any guests, so I am going to just chat a little bit about something that I've got going on and hopefully add value to you as an investor and just dive into the world of investing in real estate a little bit. So I just sold a property yesterday, um, had an exit, did very well. I'm in this deal with a partner of mine. It's a joint venture. And we are in the process of rolling those proceeds into a 1031 exchange. And we are now on the clock to find a new property within 45 days. If you're not familiar with the 1031 exchange, let me talk a little bit about how that works. So when you sell a property, any capital gains that you experience from that investment, you have to pay taxes on. So for this one specifically, we purchased this property for a certain price. We're selling it for just about double. It's a little over double of what we paid for it, which was great. If we didn't do the 1031 exchange, we would have to pay capital gains taxes on a lot of those sales proceeds. So when you roll it into a 1031 exchange, it's, you know, most of you already know how this works. So I'll just touch on this briefly. But when you roll it into a 1031 exchange, you can go through an agent and basically roll those proceeds into a new property. You do not have to pay the capital gains taxes on those profits as long as you buy another piece of real estate within 180 days and you've got 45 days to identify that new property. So that's what we're doing. I'm on the clock to do that. And it just got me thinking because we interview a lot lot of syndicators and operators on the show and you know a lot of these guys and gals are doing larger apartment complexes and they are syndicating them and usually the only way to invest in those deals is as a passive investor so when you have that many investors you know a lot of these deals have 30 35 investors in them it's not really possible to do a 1031 exchange and you know, there are definitely pros and cons to each different deal structure. And I just thought it would be helpful to talk about that a little bit. So the reason why you can't do a 1031 exchange in a syndication, or technically you can, but it's very difficult and very few operators do that. And the reason is because you've got so many people in that deal, say the whole period is five years, right? So everyone has their principal in, maybe there was a refi in the middle there, they got some of their principal back. But at the end of those five years, most people want to cash out and they want their investment back. Some of them will be more than happy to postpone those capital gains taxes, roll those proceeds into a new investment, but not everybody. So the issue is that, you know, it's hard to get 35 investors to agree. These are passive investors without voting rights. So if you pull the trigger on a 1031 exchange, you'd have a lot of angry phone calls of people wanting to get paid back. And there are different options. You can structure a syndication in a way to give people the option to cash out or continue with the investment, roll it into a new property. But it becomes a little complicated and messy, which is why many operators, many syndicators do not do a 1031 exchange Usually, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of exceptions. I'm sure I will get emails about this from people who do it. But on average, I would say that most people, the hold period is what it is. You invest for five years, you get paid back, and you pay the capital gains taxes on that. 
with a joint venture, which is, you know, it's very interesting to me because there's so much control and there's so much flexibility. And, you know, I'm partnering up with very savvy investors who have experience who, you know, they're making larger investments and they prefer that that control and those voting rights. So if they were to have a, um, a capital event or something in another business, they can kind of time our decision making with the joint venture investments so that if they are really trying to avoid capital gains taxes, then yes, it probably makes sense to do a 1031 exchange this year. Or if they're taking that long-term view, which which myself and many of my partners do, we're looking for a very safe, stable place to place capital. We'll see regular returns, refi when we can, but then also we're looking to roll that investment long-term. So we're looking for generational wealth. We're looking for investments that we can hold for a very long time. We do flip I mean, the property that I just sold, we only held that for three years, but that project was kind of short term. But the the partnership and our vision for what we want to do is very much long term, where, like I said, we are rolling that investment into a larger property with more units. So what I'm getting at is that joint ventures, you know, sometimes smaller deals or at least with a smaller number of investors can be really powerful too. So we don't talk about this a lot on the show, but we just had Jerome Myers on recently and he does a lot of joint ventures. And and yeah, I was super excited to have him because he's been, I think the only guest that has really said, you know, I understand syndications, we get it, but we prefer joint ventures because everybody's active, everybody has voting rights, you know, everybody's on, you know, involved with the decision making, everybody is putting money in the deal, and there's more control, there's more decision power. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's much more appealing. So, With that said, the other side, the syndication route has a lot of positives as well, especially if you're a busy individual, especially if you're not that concerned about flexibility and decision making and, you know, avoiding capital gains tax when the project is cashed out you can passively invest in someone else's deal. And as long as you trust that operator, as long as they have a track record that is solid, that you can look at their past returns, their past projects, and see how those returns measured up to their pro formas, see how they actively manage some of those business plans and see what their returns have been like in the past, Talk to other investors who have invested with that operator and just see, see what their experiences has been like, you know, see what the performance of the assets have been. And once you find that operator that you trust, or maybe you have a relationship with, investing passively in an operator's deal that's like that can be very rewarding as well, because you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry about it. You know that you'll get your 8% cash on cash return or or whatever it is with, you know, 18% IRR consistently for three to five years. Many people prefer that route and that's very appealing to them because they don't have to be hands-on. They don't have to be on regular calls deciding what to do about a property, deciding when's a good time to sell and that thing. The operator handles all that stuff and you can just invest passively. So there's definitely pros and cons to each deal structure, but I just wanted to talk about that. I've done both I personally am such a hands-on guy that I prefer to either be on the general partner side, helping steer that ship, helping make sure that that business plan is implemented properly, helping make sure that we hit our target returns for investors, 
or just structuring it as a joint venture and having everybody who's invested in the deal actively involved. I think that's a really fun and it's a great way to kind of learn from each other. And, you know, I never want to be the smartest guy in the room. I'm always partnering or looking to partner with investors who have experience and, you know, people who I can learn from, whether that's in real estate or whether that's someone who owns a business and can bring insight on the operations side. So, yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about that. And the other thing with joint ventures is there's so much control. I mean, you can decide when to do a refi if you want to pull your money out and you know you don't want to sell the property but you know the value is there you've got equity in the deal you can decide oh i i really like to uh you know refi this property pull my money out maybe you found another investment opportunity or something where that makes sense you have that control you know if you're invested with two to three people you can say you know hey guys i just found this great business opportunity i want to i want to put some money here would it be okay if we did a refi would it be okay if we pulled some cash out paid ourselves back a little bit you know if you got partners you trust and, and who are looking to help each other out of course you know your partners would be more than happy to do that so we also had Yona Wise on the show, which was an amazing episode. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. But we talked about cost segregation, which is another really powerful tool. And, um, you know, when you're joint ventured with other investors, you can actually time that cost segregation out. You know, I, I'm not going to dive into the details of how that works, but it's a great way to lower the amount of money that you'll need to pay in taxes. And that's not just in the deal. That's not just in the real estate investment, that is your personal tax liability at the end of the year. So again, if you are a business owner and just sold your business, you're going to have capital gains taxes to pay. You can then decide to turn around and do a cost segregation study on your property to help offset some of those capital gains. So that's what I'm talking about. When you do a joint venture, there are all these different levers that you have control of, levers that you can pull and say, you know, I need some cash, let's do a refi, or, you know, I just had this capital event, a liquidation event, we sold a property, or we sold a business, we have an issue with needing to pay these capital gains taxes, how can we pay less taxes? Well, you can look at your apartment building that you own with two other partners. And you can say, you know, let's do a cost segregation study. And, you know, it offsets some of those tax liabilities. So the thing with voting rights is that they can be very powerful. If you're partnered with the right people, who know what they're doing, who are flexible with your needs, which is what my company does, you can really leverage everything that real estate has to offer. Syndications, they're wonderful. I mean, they're a great place to place capital when you trust your operator, when you're looking for a passive investment where you don't have to make decisions. But there are a few things that you're not able to take advantage of all that real estate has to offer. So many syndicators, if they're good at what they're doing, they're already going to do a cost segregation study, but they might not do it at a time that's convenient for you and your personal finances. So they might do it in year two, where you know you might have a capital event in year four, where it would have been really nice to offset some of those capital gains. So there's less flexibility with the syndication when you invest as a passive investor. And there's a lot, lot more when you invest in a joint venture where you've got control and voting rights. 
So yeah, I just wanted to talk about those two things. Both are very powerful. I feel like this show has definitely been more heavy on the syndication side. And I just realized recently that, you know, we should really be talking about joint ventures because, you know, if you're looking to put in 25K in someone else's deal, you have no experience, then okay, syndication would be a great place to start and in investing passively. But if you're a savvy investor, you know, if you're a high net worth individual looking to place a substantial amount of capital, then you should really consider joint venture where you've got the decision-making power. Not that you'd have to take on a bunch of work or, you know, take up a lot of your time running that property, just partner with a, an experienced operator. But at the same time, you want those voting rights, right? You want that control. You want that that ability to say, hey, I, I think, you know, I think we're at the at a point in the market cycle where it would be really smart to sell right now or where we should refi and look for opportunities to reinvest that capital. You know, if you know what you're doing and you're a savvy investor, then I would strongly recommend trying to hold on to that, those voting rights and be more on the active side of investments. So that's all that I've got going on today. I just wanted to do a short episode to kind of let you guys know where I'm at, what's going on. So again, we just had an exit this week. We are actively looking for properties. I'm on the clock for 45 days and I thought it would just be fun to talk about. I'll maybe do another one of these once we close on a new property. But yeah, we're, we're super excited. We've got a couple markets we're looking at right now going pretty hard with um you know, just hopping on the phone with brokers, tracking down property owners directly, which is always a lot of fun for me. It's one of my favorite parts of this business is, is finding that deal and uh, running the numbers and doing the underwriting and really finding a great opportunity. So I'm always excited to close on a new property and that's where we're at right now, which is pretty cool. We are actually also selling a second property with one of the same partners and our attention, if we can time it right, is to roll those those two properties that we're selling, one's sold, one's on the market. If we could time it right, we're going to roll both those into a larger apartment complex. So we'll see how that goes. As always, thank you guys for listening. I know that we're over 20 episodes at this point. It's been super fun, very rewarding. You know, this podcast is just something I've wanted to do for a while. I pulled the trigger on it in April and it's been amazing. You know, the feedback has been amazing. The guests that have been on the show have been so gracious with their time and their wisdom. And it's just such a fun process. And I want to thank you all for listening and I will talk to you all next week. Thanks. Hey everybody, it's Mark Allen Kenny. If you're interested in apartment building investments, schedule a call with me so we can have a chance to chat. My company is focused on growing your family's wealth with apartment building investments. So let's hop on a quick call and talk about your investment goals and see if we're a good fit. Find out more at StellarInvestmentGroup.com.